Please open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. The passage may be found in your pew Bibles on page 976. That's page 976. I will be reading from the English Standard Version, which is the translation that Pastor Holland will be preaching from. And with that, hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. May God bless to our understanding this reading from his holy word. During the 16th century Reformation, the Reformers had these little uh, Latin phrases, uh, several of them, and two of them, uh, sola fide and uh, solo Christu, it means um, faith alone, um, Christ alone, and those two, um, those two slogans uh, you'll will. Although I won't use the Latin, you'll see that our salvation um, is by faith alone, through Christ alone. Let's pray. Almighty God, we thank you for all your mercies to us in Jesus Christ. We thank you for the faith that we have in him. Lord, we thank you that in him we have everything uh, we need for our salvation. Most of all, we have him. Pour out your spirit now. Be our teacher as we open your word. We ask in his name. Amen. So the Apostle Paul knew very well the difficulties that the Ephesian Christians were facing. Uh, If you know the book of Acts, you know that he spent uh, two years in Ephesus. Uh, Many people were continually coming to Christ which in turn then caused the city to turn against the Christians and try to oppress them and oppose the gospel. So after Paul left, he wrote this epistle to encourage them by reminding them of God's unshakable commitment to them. And he did this in the first three chapters by laying out the gospel of grace in its most basic terms. We've been looking at this over these past weeks. God loved them when they were by nature children of wrath. And if he loved them then, he will certainly continue to love them as his redeemed children. So Paul is uh, encouraging the Ephesian Christians. I've tried to follow his lead by keeping a theme of encouragement throughout this series. I plan to keep this theme uh, of encouragement before us this morning. But in order to get uh, the full extent of the encouragement, we've got to do a little theological work. Specifically, we need to find out what the word this is in verse 8 and what it refers to. Does it refer to grace? Does it refer to our salvation? Does it refer to faith? I think it refers to faith. So look at verse 8. Paul writes, for by grace you have been saved 
through faith, and this, this is the, the this we're, we're interested in, and this is not of your own doing, it is the gift of God. Surprisingly, there are no grammatical clues in this sentence that help us. Uh, the pronoun this is in the, the neuter gender. Now, we're, you know, in our day and age, uh, I'm talking grammar, right? Um, and the possible antecedent nouns, uh, grace, um, salvation, and faith, are all in the feminine gender. So it really doesn't, um, we don't really have any clues from the, the grammar. So we must look at the context of the larger paragraph and also Paul's theology in order to understand the meaning. Normally, I keep all the exegetical work out of the sermon, um, but it's important that we understand the theological implications of what Paul is saying in verse 8. If we get verse 8 out of balance, it affects uh, our view of salvation downstream. So we don't want to have an, an, um, uh, an out-of-kilter uh, view right here when it talks about faith. Um, and, and it just continues on, uh, bringing forth errors, uh, later on. So, uh, the issue here in verse eight is the role of faith. Does God give faith as a gift to his elect or do we decide on our own to exercise faith? So I'm going to present some negative arguments, uh, first of all. Negatively, if we decide on our own to exercise faith, then we contribute something to our salvation, do we not? Also, if we are the ones who decide to exercise faith, then there's the problem of verses 1 through 3. Verses 1 through 3 tells us we're dead in our sins. Uh, it tells us that we are by nature children of wrath. It says that we follow the course of this world, even follow Satan. So if that is our nature, spiritually dead, um, children of wrath that calls us sons of disobedience, then when would we ever decide to exercise faith if God did not first intervene? So those are some negative arguments. Positively, uh, some positive arguments. Verses 4 and 5 tells us that God is the one who makes us alive together with Christ. God raises us from spiritual death. God regenerates us. God is the one who causes us to be born again. And verses 5 and 8 are tied together by the phrase, by grace you have been saved. So look at verse 5 in chapter 2. Even when we were dead in our trespasses, um, God made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. So he says God making us alive is um, part of how God saved us by His grace. And then we see that same phrase repeated in verse 8, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not of your own doing, 
It is the gift of God. So I believe verse 8 is saying that we are saved through by grace through faith. But this faith is not something that you conjured up on your own. It is the gift of God. In fact, to support this reading of verse 8, I'd point out that Paul in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 23 says that God indeed gives us faith along with peace and love. It's very reassuring to me that I have a God-given faith rather than a faith that only arises from within me. A God-given faith will hold firm to Christ even when I might think that I won't be able to. A God-given faith uh, is a faith that He began in me and so He'll see it through to the end. Spurgeon put it like this, If the faith whereby I have laid hold on Christ be altogether wrought in me by the Holy Spirit through grace, then I defy the devil to take away that which he never gave me or to crush that which God himself created in me. I defy my free, um, I defy my free will to fling away what it never brought to me. What God has given, created, introduced, and established in the heart, He will maintain there. As a younger Christian, I used to wonder if I would stay with Christ. Would I be able to remain faithful as I uh, grew older? Would I be able to maintain my walk with Christ, or would I turn back? Our society uh, teaches us to question everything. Don't be too dogmatic, we are told. Nobody likes a person that has too much certainty. Well, as I've gotten older, I've learned uh, a couple of things. First, I have learned the folly of having, having confidence in yourself. Um, it is foolish to trust yourself. And secondly... I have learned that I can have unwavering faith and trust in Christ. I can put my faith on the stretch for God because He will see me through. I can place my trust in God's Word as my only rule for faith and practice, even when it goes against the grain of what society tells us is right and wrong. In this day and age when we are uh, judged for our thoughts, you know, if you don't have the, the approved thoughts, then you're out of line. You're uh, in, not in accord with political correctness. Um, being a Christian and holding to what God's Word says rather than what society says can be a difficult thing. But uh, we can trust in God's Word, because our faith is a faith that God has given us. And we know that He will not let us go. I can count it all joy whenever I fall into various trials, as James tells us. I can rejoice in my sufferings, as Paul tells us, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And this is for you, Sylvester. 
I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Sylvester has this thing about the athletes use this out of context, that uh, the, the health and wealth prosperity gospel uses it out of context. Well, it is in relation to faith in God uh, and what he enables us to do in trusting him with the grace he has given us. That's what Paul means there. It doesn't mean that we're going to, through Christ, I can score a touchdown every every um, other possession, or, or through Christ, I can score 50 points as a basketball player. Because my faith is a God-given, God-produced faith, to paraphrase Spurgeon, I'd be willing to swing out over the pit of hell on a thread of God-given faith and laugh at Satan in his face. And all of you who are believers in Jesus Christ have that same God-given faith. You may be thinking to yourself, my faith is weak and brittle. Uh, My faith is prone to breaking. Frankly, most Christians feel this way. There are very few uh, Samsons in the church, but there are many timid Timothys. That's why Jesus reassured us, saying, A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. The strength of a God-given faith is not your exercise of faith. Rather, it is the, the strength of your faith is in the strength of your Savior, uh, who is on the other end of your faith. You may be weak. You may stumble and falter often, we all do. But you have the Son of God who is at the Father's right hand and He is hanging on to your thread of faith. In His hands, your faith is stronger than those cables that uh, hold up the Golden Gate Bridge out in San Francisco. Christ ever lives to make intercession for you. Richard Sibbs, one of those great old Puritans, sums up what I'm, what I'm trying to say. He says, as the strongest faith may be shaken, so the weakest faith in Christ is so deeply rooted that it will prevail. Weakness with watchfulness will stand out when strength with too much confidence fails. Um, Weakness with the acknowledging of weakness is the fittest seat and subject for God to perfect, perfect his strength in, uh, for consciousness of our infirmities drives us out of ourselves, uh, to him in whom our strength lies. Let's look at faith as Paul defines it in our passage. First of all, we see that faith is a free gift of God's grace. Again, verse 8, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not of your own doing, it is the gift of God. Faith had to be a free gift because we could never deserve it. There's nothing in us that could ever recommend us to God. We were by nature children of wrath. We were followers of the course of this world instead of God. We were sons of disobedience. That God would choose to grant faith to us was entirely His decision. 
There's nothing in us that could recommend us to God. There's nothing in us that could make God say, yeah, he's a pretty good guy. Yeah, she is a fantastic lady. I need to give her faith. There's none of that. Rather, that he would choose to grant us faith was his initiative, his decision. Had he left us to perish in our sins, he would have been entirely justified in doing so. As we just confessed a few moments ago uh, from that paragraph on reprobation. Um, But God so loved sinners like us, he sent his son to redeem us, and he sent his spirit to raise us to spiritual life by giving us faith in order that we would embrace Christ. And secondly, faith has to be a free gift because it would have rem- we would have remained in our spiritually dead condition without God raising us to new life in Christ. God chose us to give us new birth only according to His sovereign will. As verse, verse 8 says, faith is not your doing. And because faith is a free gift from God, no one who has faith can boast about it. The fact that we are Christian gives us uh, no room for boasting or thinking uh, more highly than ourselves than any pagan that's, that's walking down the street. Uh, uh, ver- the end of verse 8 going into verse 9, uh, it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. It's important for Paul that God gets the full credit for our salvation. He takes away every avenue of personal credit that we might try to keep for ourselves. We can never stand before God and tell Him, I am yours because I had the good sense to believe in you, or I am yours because I have a good heart. We're not allowed to do that. There is no boasting whatsoever allowed to us because our salvation is God's gift alone. I suspect that we all agree that there's no room for boasting in our coming to Christ. But after we settle in as Christians, isn't it tempting to boast silently in our heart? I'm a good Christian. I'm more devoted to other people. I have all my theological T's crossed. I have all my creedal I's dotted. God's pretty impressed with me. Have you had thoughts like that? Self-boasting thoughts? That we'd be too embarrassed to say out loud before others? I want to remind you all, the gospel makes paupers of us all. Again, Um, verse 9, beginning with uh, the last half of verse 8, it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Our salvation is in Christ alone. Our salvation is not in our faith. Faith is simply the instrument or the channel by which we receive Christ and receive all His benefits. To illustrate this, I have an odd question to ask. How many of you have used an outhouse 
in America. I'm not talking about the blue porta potties. I'm talking about a real honest outhouse. I see a few of you. Okay, I remember using an outhouse. I think I was eight or nine years old at my cousin's house in South Georgia. Uh, I used several in uh, Africa. Uh, in fact, I don't think I went to a real bathroom. They call them pit latrines, and that is a, a whole different experience, even than an old-fashioned outhouse. But now we have indoor plumbing. Um, we turn on a faucet, and water comes out. We flush the toilet, and it fills back up, uh, fills up again with water. Um, it's easy to forget that there's this whole system of pipes and water treatment plants and pumping stations that are uh, in between us and the reservoirs. All this, this whole system of piping and pumps and treatment plants that are the means of getting clean drinking water from the reservoir to our home. Um, in my illustration, the water in the reservoirs is our salvation in Christ. The pipes, the treatment plants, the pumping stations are just the instruments by which we receive the water. The pumping station is not our salvation. The water treatment plants, we're very thankful for the water treatment plants, but they're not our salvation. The pipes are not our salvation. They are just the instrument by which we receive the water. Faith is the instrument by which we receive Christ and His benefits. Faith looks outside ourselves. It looks to the Lord Jesus Christ. Faith is so much more than just a mental assent to the facts of the Christian uh, beliefs. Uh, faith is more than just a once-and-done act on our part. Faith is a living grace. It is the work of the Holy Spirit in us. He draws us to Christ. He unites us to Christ. He empowers and enables us continually to embrace Christ as our all-satisfying treasure. When you have faith in Jesus Christ, you have Him and all His benefits. You have His forgiveness of sins that He purchased on the cross. You have His life that He obtained by His resurrection from the grave. You have adoption into God's family because He is the Son of God and you are in Him. You have the righteousness of God because He lived a righteous life while He was here on earth uh, in, in your stead and went and died in your place on the cross. It is only because of Jesus and it's all a free gift of God's grace to you. And you receive it all simply by entrusting yourself to Jesus Christ. When you receive Jesus, you receive everything. I'd like to conclude with a story I heard of two men who had capsized in their boat as it was heading toward a great waterfall. Uh, the onlooker onlookers threw them a couple of ropes into the swift current so that they could drag the men to safety. The first man grabbed the rope and he was um, brought safely back to the shore. But just as the second man was about to grab the rope, he noticed that his boat, that which had capsized, had turned right side up. Uh, it had righted itself and it was floating near him. 
So he ignored the rope, and he chose instead to climb into the boat. But the motor would not start, and he plunged in his boat over the waterfall onto the rocks and was killed. The boat was not connected to the shore. The man had a lot of confidence in his boat uh, and in his boat's abilities, but because it was not connected to the safety of the shoreline, it could not save him. And so also, trusting in your own goodness, trusting in your good intentions, trusting in your good looks or in your good works is like the man who trusted in his boat. It is a misplaced faith. The true power of faith connects us to Jesus Christ, who is the rock of our salvation. Are you trusting him? Are you connected to him? Are you embracing Jesus Christ by faith alone? As we pray together. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are our salvation. We thank you that everything we need in order to enter into God's presence is found in you. Lord, I do pray for any here who do not know Jesus Christ. I pray, God, that you would um, convict and convert them, that you would give them faith, that you would give them life, that you would bring them to the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you for our faith, which connects us to him. And we thank you for his great love for us that will never fail, that causes him to hold on to us no matter how much we stumble and fall. Lord, um, hear our prayers as we ask it through Jesus our Lord. Amen.